Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Welcome to episode 231 of the SND Podcast Show. After a long absence, we are back, Danny, and it is what I think the best month in sports. What's going on? Since the last time you and I talked and Vincent talked, unfortunately he can't come today. Uh, but a lot we got to we got to unfold a lot of things since the last time we uh, talked about football season. Oh, yeah. uh, hockey's are right around the corner, and. It's just a whole lot of craziness. So, where do you want to start? This this is nuts. This is like I said, um, my favorite time of the year. You got hockey starting. You got the NBA camps opening up. You got the Major League Baseball playoffs. You got you got everything at this point. Like you're a month yes. college football. This is when all the conference play is going to start. There really isn't a more fun time of the year than this. Maybe March. No. Maybe March when you're no. getting into stretch runs for hockey and, and baseball starting, and you got the NBA boring in March, but you know, March Madness. This is definitely the top. It's all about the. So it's like, all right, we we got it. we literally have something every night other than baseball, and then basketball is slowly gonna come around around at the end of October, November, so. I, I think this is a better time than mid March and I, I think I think if we liked college basketball a little bit more, I'm sure I'd probably would have said that, but spring training is so boring. It's like, yeah, baseball's on, but it's like oh just get me to April with that. And um and if anyone listened to Mike Carver's season premiere of the ILC podcast, he even said it NHL preseason is the same way. And it's the same way with the NBA season. You're excited when it starts, they play the first game and they're like, All right, let's skip to the first right real game. Yeah, it's it's pretty much everybody's pre, uh, preseason unless you're a psycho like me. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, football is usually a fun preseason, even though they're going to look to less in the games, which is good. But still, the football preseason, like training camp and stuff, there's like you start with 90 players on a team. You want to know who's going to fill in those slots? Are the young guys going to step up? You know, and sometimes pre- preseason is a lot of fun when it comes to football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're the casual fan that we're not, it's pretty pointless and boring. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've had on our show our, my friend Anthony from the Giant Games. This guy goes and stays four quarters in preseason games because he wants to see that fourth, fifth offensive lineman who can step up late in the season. Or, you know, he's been texting me all week about linebackers for the Giants this week. And who, who played during camp that he thinks that should be stepping up now with this out. 
But we'll talk about the Giants a little bit later. It is wild card week for the Major League Baseball playoffs, and that's going to kick us off with our leadoff. Leading off. All right, welcome back, and we're going to lead it off with talking a little bit about our thoughts on the NL Wild, uh, the Major League Baseball wild card game. Now, this is nothing against the teams that are in it, of course, you know. Um, and, of course, you know, it's a, clearly a moneymaker for baseball because, as you can see with the Nationals, they got fresh hoodies and stuff yesterday for winning their wild card game. And just like it's just pure money. That's all it is is the wild card games. And, again, it was a great ending to the game. Congratulations to the Nationals um, as we record on October 2nd. Um, while we're recording, the Rays and A's are currently playing. It's a uh, top second, 3 nothing Rays. And it's nothing against the teams, but I just feel like these games are just, there's no meaning to them. I miss the the excitement of teams fighting to get into the playoffs. Now they're fighting for 80 to 85 wins just to play one game to then go to the playoffs. This isn't a, a playoff game. It's a do-or-die game, which, you know, back in the yeah. day, the Mets Reds game. Do you remember that one one game to determine who was going to be the wild card? I think it was ninety nine. If I recall, it was ninety nine. Say that one more time. If I recall, the ninety nine Reds. Wait. Oh yes, yes. Ninety nine, right? Yeah, Reds and Mets. They played one yes, game. Uh, How exciting was that game? Just knowing that it was a winning in thing. But now we have these wild card games that kind of takes that excitement away, leading into it. And it's like, all right, to, well, there I, are three. There are teams that are basically playing, knowing, like for example, the Yankees ran away with that division. So now the Rays are like, okay, cool, yeah. we sh- we have to, we're gonna play for one game to play in one game. No, you should be playing to make the playoffs and playing a, a series. Yeah, well, last year was cool with the whole limbo of the NL Central, who was gonna win the division. They had the extra game, and the loser would have to play the wild card. The loser of that baseball. There's 162 games. Like, there's two thoughts to it. It's like, should there be more playoff teams? I I don't think there should be. Or you just have it at what it was with the one wild card. But I think with Major League Baseball, with the one wild card, more than half of the teams are out of it by the all-star break. Right. So I think with the extra, the extra wild card uh, for the Mets, exa- for example, if it was under normal circumstances, we would have been done by the all-star break and it would all would have been worthless for the rest of the season on no matter how hot they were gotten. So I, I personally like the in and out game. I wish there could be some sort of better way of doing it. Maybe adding another, Two, I don't know. They would never their three uh, best of five series to like get it going, like the first round, best of five, all around, and then give a team go a bye. From there. But what do you mean, th- like give a team a bye week? Maybe type, a, bu- a bye series. I I wouldn't do that. I definitely wouldn't do that. But that, like that would hurt your that team. Second... Think about this: if you're the Dodgers yeah, like, now, you have Kershaw sitting for two weeks. Without throwing. Yeah, no. I w- 
Well, the best way I would do it is like, let's say the Astros played the whoever the all right whoever whoever had the worst record of the first wild card of the worst of the second wild card, and then the Yankees would play the. Sorry, so let me let me. I'm thinking this there. Okay, so the Yankees would the Astros would have played the. Yankees would have played the A. I play the A. Play the Rays. See, say that ten times fast. But um, and so on, and so forth. With that, it would be a little bit more interesting, and you don't get that like not cheap do or die feeling, and just get a little bit more bang for your buck. Even though, I of that situation, that would be cool, and then like you'd have the uh, situation like that. I think that would be cool. But I think the other thing is with baseball is the national broadcasters also baseball is such a local sport. It's just the national broadcasters are not what it used to be. And they're it's just like bleh. I think if they spice those guys up a little bit more and worry about this and that about the game it's always about something else so i think with that's also hurting the sport as well is the broadcasting during the playoffs as well right the broadcasting is not good i mean the tbs crew is pretty good i do enjoy them espn has never had a good baseball but crew. The, you don't and like the thing with tbs it's just they they don't really have a fair shake of things because during the season you're not watching games from tbs because if your team is on TBS, you're not watching that particular broadcast because you're able to watch your hometown broadcast. So it's just a, it's just a, like a shake of like guys you're not used to, and the and baseball is a sport you watch every day or you're part of every day. So you you're you're accustomed to those guys you hear every day. Right, you are used to like your hometown. For example, the Alonzo Homer, like the Fox guys called that. It's a money maker. So, uh, what what do they call? The Fox guys were calling Pete Alonzo's Homer. Oh yeah, that was another thing. That's that was just like meh. All right, of course that just. And of course, what uh, are you gonna say? It's what are we gonna say about it? Like. Okay, we're not the ones that make that decision, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you, and and they obviously need they obviously need the they obviously need the uh, income from these uh, national national broadcasts. So it's just just gotta find a way to make these broadcasts better. Right, hundred percent. At the end of that. But I also because they're of... already behind behind the eight ball because right. they, they don't spend every day with both teams like like you do with the normal crew. Your normal crew, right. 100%. Alright, with that being said, we're going to take a little break. Come back after this. Knocked out cold as I strike across your skull Defend against my brain and at morale Back to the SMB Podcast, episode 231. 
you just listened to Violence in the Season by Division 1.1. And we're going to start off with uh, a little football. And since we haven't been talking probably since the start of this football season, a lot has happened for the New York football giants. Um, now they're 2-2, two and two, um, a quarterback change of with Daniel Jones taking control of the offense. And um, I don't know about you, but I definitely felt um, a lot of different positive vibes about Daniel Jones being at the first home game. Uh, like, it was, it was really cool to see, like, the giant crowd actually be actually happy <laughs> for once um, recently in the last couple of years. And it was, like, uh, actually loud and... opposed to being at the same sort of, okay, what are we going to do now? And the other thing I took away from the Daniel Jones part of the game the other day was even though he threw two picks, everybody's aware that he's a rookie, so mistakes are going to happen. And it was like not that, oh, here we go again type of feeling to it. It's just a brand-new start, and it's it's refreshing um, to say the least. And – Let's let's hopefully to see if Daniel Jones and company keeps it going a bit. Obviously, with the Giants, offense is a lot better than what the defense has been showing the last couple of weeks. Um, if the defense just comes around, it, it they could be a decent team, maybe a dark horse team. I'm not going to go crazy about it, but maybe a dark Wow, if something... find a way in the wild card talk because of the scheduling the Giants have this year. Right. Um, and, you know, if we could survive the next two weeks, because let's face it, the next two weeks are a big test, especially for Daniel Jones, because you're going to have the Vikings who have a solid defense, and you're going to have four, three days to get ready for the, the Super Bowl champs. Um, yeah, especially with Belichick studying a rookie quarterback, you, you know, it's it's really going to be interesting to see how we, how he and the rest of the team handles these next two games. Because after that game, it's the Cardinals. And then even though they've been a better team as of late this season, the Lions have been pretty good and they've been impressive. So three of games is really going to be t- It was very bittersweet, like I wrote in the article about Eli Manning losing his quarterback, uh, starting quarterback job. But I think, I think it was, it was. I, th- I, I guess it was about time. Not because of Eli, it was just the direction of the team going. If we were going, if the team defense decided to play a little bit better, I'm obviously thinking they would probably still go with Eli. But um, the last two weeks, you can't really say they did the wrong thing as of right now with Daniel Jones playing. He's looked every everything the Giants have advertised that a lot of us um, didn't agree with because, let's face it, we all haven't really watched Duke football unless you're a crazy degenerate. Um, so we didn't see the inner workings of what his makeup was 
and the, the, a little bit for the first two games of him starting. Um, I was there at Tampa. I was looking enough to be at Tampa, and it, he was able to make all the throws. Yes, he did have some rookie mistakes, but hey, man, he's a rookie, and everything he's doing now is going to be better for the future of the New York Giants. So let's see what he has in store because we're going to definitely see, unfortunately, some tough moments and how he's going to be able to handle it. And I think it was great that he had those moments against the Redskins, who are terrible this year, and he was able to make the day rest of the day positive after those back-to-back picks. Right, and, um, he, and he played well, too. So yeah, it's not exactly. Like... It's not like he didn't play well and then just kind yeah, of it, faded it, away. He was ahead of everything. And I thought that he looked very sharp. You know, granted, the Redskins don't well, exactly have a defense to play against, but. Yeah, um, it was it was simply amazing with the Giants defense. They definitely played a little bit better, but. How lucky were they that Case Keenum missed those two deep balls early on in the game? The the second one, if he if a high school quarterback can make, and it would have been a touchdown for forty yards. Um, so the Giants got lucky, but they also took advantage of the situations. Um, I saw on your Twitter, your personal Twitter account, and it was uh, upsetting that uh, Connolly, who's the rookie linebacker playing pretty well for us the last couple of weeks unfortunately um tore his knee up and he's and he is also it's a shame to see that happen and especially with the how thin the middle linebacker corp is right now it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how the giants come away uh finding a way to um, stop or contain Dalvin Cook, who's been arguably the best running back in the league uh, so far the first four weeks. So I, it's going to be really interesting to see. You know what, um, you know what I find the most interesting about the linebacking situation is? That we traded uh, B.J. Goodson. No, it's – you You may have noticed this in Tampa, but the defense did a complete 180 when Ogletree went to the sideline. Yeah, I, I noticed that a little bit, yeah. Okay. And I, we were kind of talking about, me and my cousin Ivan were kind of talking about this at the game, and they just look stronger without him. And you, you and don't get me wrong, Alec Ogletree is a great player. Um, old school guy, older in the league. He would be a good coach for these young guys if you tell me he's not going to play the rest of the season. That would be an argument yeah. that I would make. Um, yeah, it, it is just unfortunate the way he got hurt was on a blown dead uh, fumble recovery, and he just stopped short, and Peppers knocked him down. No, he just <laughs> pulled up because of his hammy. He had nothing to do with yeah, Peppers. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, okay, you're right. It, it was just one of those weird situations, <laughs> and that was unfortunate with the Tampa Heat. Um, but it, it it's... Like our favorite player on defense, uh, Janoris Jenkins, if he decides to play every week, we have a very, very solid secondary. And our pass rush is really better. The 
Jenkins, the Bills game, I, I can't cover a guy for 10 seconds. I, I, I still, obviously, the defensive line linebackers do still have their moments of not getting to the quarterback, but they're definitely getting there more times than not to prevent the quarterback making solid throws for the, the secondary to step up. And, and what so, people don't realize is, like, the giant defense is super young. It's very young. It's and, very and like young. I said, like I mentioned in our uh, in our show, the preview show is the Giants potentially, which they did the last two weeks before Connolly got hurt, they had a rookie or rookies starting in each level of defense. And that's that's never really a good sign to play. Uh, Baker has been playing great the last couple That's great to see. Yeah, I agree. Baker. Uh, Lawrence has played pretty well. Lawrence has been yeah, well. DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker. And then Collie. And Collie played well before he got hurt, and he found two nice opportunities to uh, get two huge picks the last two weeks. So he seemed to be around the ball when needed. So that's going to be a huge blow, especially if, if Ogletree and uh, – uh, Tay Davis can't come back from injuries. It's going to be really interesting. We're up to Mayo and and the guy we called off the practice squad. I'm going to butcher his name. That's why I'm not saying it. But he looked all right in preseason. He didn't make the most of it on 13 reps. So we'll see what happens. He's a natural middle linebacker, so it can't hurt. Um, right. But- we can see what happens. Um, we're going to have. You're going to see. You're going to see what, what I watched with Peppers for three years in Michigan. He's going to step up also because he's going to, he plays that Antrell role defensive safety player position that can pull back and rush the quarterback and all that fun stuff. So you're going to see that out of him probably starting this week. And I've also noticed, which I also like, they they brought that formula of of having him be that second, uh, that linebacker safety combo, and then have Michael Thomas play the other safety role, which is great because Michael Thomas has been coming up huge the last couple of weeks as well. So you know what, um, Michael I'm Thomas really reminds, happy. You know what it's reminding me a lot about with Michael the, Thomas, uh, Deion, Deion Grant. Grant, Deion Grant. Yeah, hundred percent. I was just getting to that. Um, I've I've been really enjoying that because if honest the Dion Grant before Dalen Jones's drop that drop that game winning drive if he didn't make that tackle there no way the Giants would have been able to make a drive and win so he's been playing really well he's a smart player he's 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 a captain for a reason um, and they brought and they kept him around for a reason to teach these young guys yeah, exactly. to help these young guys, and it's gonna exactly. it, you know. But you know what? This is gonna be a, a big week for them. Um, you got you got Diggs who missed practice today. Apparently, you got you yes. got Thielen. You got who was pissed off on last week? The, the, who, who's their tight end these days? Who's playing? Is uh, it still? is it, it's still Rudolph. Still Rudolph. He could obviously kill us because of the tight ends with the Giants. And then you have, and then you like you said, Devon, Devin Cook has been, 
You know, he was arguably one of the best running backs in that draft class a couple of years ago out of Florida State. It's just, if we can get, yeah, he's, he's, he's arguably been the best running back in the league so far. So, and I'm gonna tell, and I'm gonna tell you it. this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there about the Minnesota Vikings. They have a very solid defense, mm-hmm. a young running game with a pretty good offensive line, not the best, but a good enough offensive line, Correct. and two good receivers and a tight end. Yeah, you know that, and indoors, so you don't have to worry about the Minnesota cold. That's the perfect scenario for an aging quarterback trying to win one last time. I'm just going to throw that out there. They're not giving up on Kirk Cousins. I know, but I'm just saying that if Eli gets released. All the guaranteed money. that If if Eli gets released, when Eli's contract ends at the end of the year, and they call and say, we're going to give you X, Y, and Z for the year just to come be our quarterback. It's not a scenario I wouldn't say no to. Wouldn't say it won't. It's not ideal for him. Oh yeah, of course. Because then you're basically doing the Peyton role from Denver. You already have the defense. You have a pretty solid team around you. Just go out there and hand the ball off and throw it when you need. For sure. Throw it twenty times a game. Oh yeah, for sure. I I just the the, the unfortunate contract is. Yeah. Imagine if he signed with the Jets. Thank God he didn't. Well, he wouldn't <laughs> be Jets, going around kissing Jets... all the girls and. He'd still be playing, though. But then again, the, but the Jets <laughs> offered him more money. Imagine that. Oh, yeah, but also think about this. He'd be playing every week, unlike there, instead of uh, Luke Falk. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a rough situation. I mean, he's a young kid living in New York City. What do you expect? <laughs> he went out to have some fun. Um. Then Trevor Simeon, week two, his, his ankle imploded by uh, Miles Garrett. And then hell all breaking loose. I think Le'Veon Bell's been playing pretty solid as of as all he could possibly do. Um, it's just the defense has been they have no secondary help. So it's gonna be interesting to see what the Eagles do with the Jets this week. Um, t- they're up to their third quarterback and he was on the practice squad, so he's he is what he is. Uh and the Jets are just, they already had the bye week, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do, really. It's really wait and see, and hopefully Sam Darnold, whenever he comes, is ready to go because he can't attack. So obviously a lot of serious action going on with that. So I'm, he might be another week, two weeks away. So, it's going to be interesting. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, he went to practice today. Um, him and Barkley both practiced today for some, somehow. Yeah. Well, that's just crazy with Barkley. I, I hope um, I hope that's more of the let's, let's make the Vikings think he might play. So, we have – he has – we have – they have to uh, – study him up a bit well they already said then, that he's looking for he's circled new england yeah i saw that too today Shermer said they're not ruling him out this week but they already circled new england okay but hey. and this is what i said i said this to my friend dan today 
I texted him because we were kind of talking in our football chat that we have about them both practicing there, and I said this to him on the side. I said, I'd rather him sit this week, sit next week, wait 10 days and play the Cardinals. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Uh, but everybody, he knows his body, and the doctors know his body, so let's see what happens. <laughs> and like Pat Shermer said, we're not all the doctors said he was out eight weeks. Yeah, so we'll see about that. Um, anything else in uh, football land? The, uh, we'd be remiss. What's up? It's the 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 perfect September for the Lions again, right? Yeah, they're up and coming again. They'll finish seven and nine and miss the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Packers have looked. Yeah, they had a rough Thursday night. Um, against the Eagles, they had plenty of. They could have probably won if if they connect. Well, they would have tied the game either time, but just one of those situations. I mean, it was the first time in Rodgers' career. I think he threw a pick inside the inside five yards or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was remind me of the the playoff uh, the Super Bowl right there. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate right there. Yeah, so um, New England's just dominating. The Cowboys finally played a real team. Yeah, the Cowboys played a real team, and this is these are the games that uh, Dak's gonna look back on. And if he doesn't get all the money he's wanted, these are the games right here. He, there was no reason for them to have a crappy game on Sunday. You're right, hundred percent. Zero reason. But it also goes to show you how important Zeke is to Dak. When Zeke is getting stuff... Start getting a little bit... Once Zeke gets hit, Dak has problems. Yep. And that's, and that's just the way that team is. If Zeke's not running, you can, they're not, it's not opening up for Dak, which proves that Dak's not a $40 million guy. Yeah, no, you're right. But the Cowboys are in that limbo situation, risking of that quarterback hell or go with the guy that they sort of trust with. So they're in that, that, that hell. Yeah. Well, let them be. Yes. of course. (laughs) Um, so with that being said, let's take another little break. All right. Welcome back to episode 31 of the S and D podcast show. Steven and Dan are here. Um, it's been a while since we were able to do a show. We got NHL season starting. As we're recording, the Blues raised their banner for their first Stanley Cup from last year. John Tavares was named the captain of the the Maple Leafs, which two thought processes on that. One, I mean, let's face it, every single one of us who likes sports grew up <laughs> wanting to play for a hometown team and wearing a C, right? So good mm-hmm. for him for that. You can't even be mad about it. And then on top of that, um, if I'm Austin Matthews, I'm kind of pissed. Uh, honestly, I think the situation stems from the the acquisitions that he just received the last couple weeks. Uh, and we we also know that John Tavares has been a captain before, and unfortunately, 
he actually performs in the playoffs, unlike Matthews has playoff runs. I I get that, you but kind of have to do it. I don't know. You know, you draft a guy first overall. You call him the savior. I I get, I get what you're saying. And you know what? I, I he's think, not. He's... I think it's in the long run. I think it's better that he doesn't have to see, especially in Toronto, on how crazy everything was going to be, on top of what's expected of him. So I I think it was the right move for Tavares to have the C because he's he knows it. He knows what's in, in stake of everything. He's going to be able to take a lot of pressure off of Matthews, or not a lot, but some some pressure off Matthews that Matthews can go do his thing and just stay out of trouble on and just play hockey. And, but facts are facts with that team. They have like a two to three year window. Oh, for sure. For because sure. you just signed Mardner for six million a year or eleven million a year. You got you basically did what the Blackhawks did when they won. Yeah, for sure. When they for were sure. winning. So no, it's either know, win now they, or they they gotta capitalize it. Yeah, for sure. And they have the coach. They have everything there. It's just can they put it together in, in April? You know what's interesting about about Mike Babcock is it's very similar to also Barry Trotz. Not known as a top notch guy. But if you look at Babcock only has I think it's one ring. Maybe two. I believe he only has one ring. Just like Barry Trotz. I thought I thought he had two. He may have there was I think he, did he win the one in Anaheim? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I, 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 I'll be honest, I don't even know. Let's see, Mike Babcock. Coaching career, coaching career. Led the Ducks to the set. They, he was on the, he was the Ducks coach. For the 2003 finals where they lost. Okay. And then defeat won the one in Detroit, and that was it. Oh, okay. Okay. So he only has one. Got it. A bunch of medals. Yeah, a bunch of medals. That's where I must have got the... Because, yeah, he he does junior coaches. Juniors, he's coached. World Cup, Olympics. Yeah, all that fun stuff. He's got a bunch of the Canadian stuff. So, he also coached yeah. the Cincinnati oh. Mighty Ducks, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay. Speaking of Mighty Ducks, 27 years ago on October 2nd. Well, happy anniversary. <laughs> um, Some drunken lawyer started coaching a team of hockey players. Yeah. So, let's talk about the locals. The locals. If you see all three teams, panic noise in the playoffs if they all stay on the right path of things. Um, I think the Devils, they had the best offseason the other team in the whole entire league. I think with, that uh, they're young. I don't th- I, they're I think very they're young. Just... I think they're very young, but they do have the pieces, and if, ta- if Hall stays healthy and the Year three for Heeshear, and then see what Hughes can bring with with PK and Wayne Simmons on the team. Hey, man, they I, they could easily be a wild card team. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. Them. I do agree with you, but I am also going to tell you that they have said that if Taylor Hall is not signed by February, 
that he's available. And that's no matter very where fair. they are in the ranking in the standings. They said he's available. Oh. So seeing that kind of like makes you question of how much of they, a lot. they want it. But that question is how much do they want it? Yeah, of Cause, course. Because you got that shot. Like if you're on the cusp of making it, you have the team that can go into the postseason and play well. Mm-hmm. But you, on the other hand, you have a 28-year-old who's going to be looking to make Austin Matthews type of money this offseason. Mm-hmm. Where you can probably get, who's probably still got. You got to think about this. He's going to get somewhere in that seven-year range. He'll be twenty-nine for next season, twenty-nine thirty for next season. That would mean by the end of it. So basically, you have four, three to four years of prime Taylor Hall, Tyler Hall remaining. Hey, man, and then that, you're getting a first-round pick for him at least. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Hey. I would have to. I would. No question about it. But but last year, the two years ago, obviously he won the heart, and that I thought that was well deserved. Yes. Just him getting them to the playoffs was a miracle. It was a difference. He was the difference between them going. To, they went from the first overall pick to the playoffs. Exactly. Um. So it's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens, and then the guys like Subban and uh, Wayne Simmons, just high character guys, and they're both really good players for what Devils need. I I think they could definitely obviously help as well. And then they have this kid from the KHL who was a breakout from the KHL last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm not even going to attempt it, but but. Yeah, like they they definitely have the pieces to way to make the playoffs and maybe be an interesting team. The problem with them is goaltending and just about Corey Schneider and uh, uh, what was the goalie's name? The other goalie's name, the young one. Crap, I, I'm they drawing trade, a blank. They with traded that. the the Long Island kid. Yeah, but Kincaid. Yeah, he he was gone. Uh, He's the starter in Columbus, I believe. Kincaid. Yeah, yeah, he he made the playoff run. Yeah, he he played the playoff run. Um, so let's see. Sorry, it's uh, but I'm 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 really interested to see with oh Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, yep. but and I like and I like Palmieri as well. So and another year with Jasper Bratt, and it's just this team is. They, they're the young players have played a couple seasons. So, hey, I, I could definitely see. Uh, originally thought, uh, uh, pronouncing his name twice. But mm-hmm. with them, it, it they're they're just like they're just like if they they're key guys stay healthy, they'll definitely make some noise. Yeah, and the Obviously, Islanders, it's not... weird because with the Islanders, it's like I have you have faith in them. You're not. Yeah, with the you make the playoffs. You went on a run last year, and you believe that you can do it again. No big changes. No big changes. Uh, the one thing I am a little nervous about with the Islanders is even though their style is more of a defensive, stay at home. Let's take our chances when we can take them 
type of team, which is always bodes well for a team to find ways to make the playoffs. But last year's goaltendings clutch and great. It it has to kind of take a step back just a little bit, and I'm interested to see how much of a step back does it come this year. Because as great as it was last year, and it could obviously still be great, but the the amount they were great last year was a little too high. Would you agree with that a little bit? They went on a run that in the goaltending that you made, and it was both goalies. It's not like they took oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, Hopi yeah, yeah. And, and, and dominated the league. And, yeah, and, and Ballara, Blamar is also a very solid goaltender. So has, there his is biggest question is going to be his health. Yes. If they have to rely on Grice for 30 games in a row, will he be able to step up? Because Grice went through phases last year where it was Leonard's job, Grice would play a game and look terrible. But then that- again... It was always flipped back the other way also. Hey, can Repeat yourself? Um, so last year, Grice had the problem of when he wasn't mm-hmm. playing, he wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. But when he was playing consistently, he was consistent. Of course. If Flomaroff gets hurt, can Grice come in and be consistent? Or will he be the guy who struggled two years, two years ago? Ago. Knowing that he's the main guy. Yeah. It's just one of those interesting things. And also with the Islanders is... Even though they're more of a defensive team... Are they going to be able to find a little bit more of a consistent offensive... Offensive uh, playmaking and scoring out of... Just Barzell... You know, it was interesting. They they said today. They said they said today um, that Barzell's gonna play some of the penalty killing too, and I was talking okay. to Vin about it a little bit, and Vin said they're gonna. That seems like they're looking for that Michael Grabner spark. The kid who hey. sits on the top of that umbrella, who tries to break out that that pass in the middle. Or the guy who can just burst when a defensive player gets the puck and they can kind of alley-oop it to him on a breakaway. Mm-hmm. So and, and, the, and the biggest question with the Islanders last year, and, and it seems to be for pretty much forever, um, not named John Tavares, is the power play. Um, can they find a way to gel together and make pieces of Average that one guy, maybe other than Barzi, to uh, be that okay, we have that kind of guy. I'm intrigued to see how the power play goes this year because they brought in the new power play coach, like you mentioned. But I'm also intrigued to see. I think one of the biggest, most underrated moves that any team made was them bringing in Derek Broussard. Yes, and, and Derek Broussard is a very solid pro. I love time with the Rangers. Um, I'm gonna he's just that you, guy that... He's going to win face-offs, and he's going to bring you 10 to 15 yeah. goals. And that's all yeah, you need. And, and, 
And, yeah, obviously a lot of teams have them because it seems like every team trades them for whatever reason. It's it's really Teams it's either really trade funny. them or they them. He's that guy that everybody yes. wants, but nobody has the spot for him. The Islanders he, have the he's, perfect oh, spot he's on, not... that third defense, on that third line. He's going to play third um, line center. Type of trade. He's going to um, play third line center yeah. every night, and he's going to play first penalty kill. Every night, I I I loved him for the Rangers, and he was a key contributor to that Cup run uh, in '14. And he 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 was a very he was a glue guy for the Rangers that that year, and then all the other times with the Penguins and all those other teams he's been with. It's too long of a list to mention, but he he is a solid guy. I, I, I I'm I'm very happy that the Islanders were able to sign him. Right. The only other, if it wasn't him, it was Brian. Boyle that I would have wanted, but unfortunately yeah, they didn't have Boyle, uh, which is fine. It's the yeah, same guy, which is fine. The only yeah, difference is Boyle's I, I, bigger. Yeah, I like Broussard just a little bit more. He's a little bit more offensive. I think Broussard has a little bit more of what's needed in the league this day with that skating ability that he has. Brian Boyle would be a great centerman to just take the puck and stand in front of the net, basically. That would be a Brian Boyle move. But that should be yeah. hockey season should be fun this year. I'm intrigued to see the Rangers, being how yeah, young they are. Yeah, they're they're. It's going to be interesting. They they made a couple good moves with uh, Truba. Um, we can get into it with the contract here or there for right now. Um, what do you mean? The Rangers with the contract problem on a defensive <laughs> player? <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, he's kind of worth it. But let's see what happens with that. So is Shattenkirk. So is Stahl. Yeah, yeah, and so is all yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I also like that they got Panarin as well. So he was the key star of the offseason with free agency. So the Rangers have some sort of guy that they can count on with scoring, which had in a quite. But, of course, the biggest question for them is going to be Henrik. A lot. Let's see what another year with that. And Bruce Navish, they've all seen shown moments. Um, just yeah, they're, they are what they are. It's a, it's gonna be interesting. Can the defense help Longquist? And is Longquist getting old? That at the end of the day, that's really the question. If the Rangers are gonna make the playoffs, can the defense help Longquist out, or can Longquist get a couple games off here and there and survive rangers survive because he had a very off off season for Lundqvist's standards and he's going to be 36 so and he's got i just looked he's up he's a, got another year on his deal he's gonna it's gonna yeah, be intriguing not, to see what happens with him i uh, i talked to my uh emily obviously It's exactly like Eli Manning. It's 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 like it's the same feeling you get with Eli. It's just like he's still okay. He's still good, obviously, and just he's in the middle of a rebuild. And he's like, "What are you? What are you gonna do? You've paid him all this money, and you just gotta suck it up and 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 deal with it. And if something happens, great." And it's just unfortunate the Rangers never got Hank a cup uh, for how good of a player he's been. They had ample amount of opportunities, and they, they blew it. 
Right. And that's what it is. Um, moving over, it I is- know it's too early for camp, and camps are just kind of getting started in the NBA. Um, I'm kind of ex- somewhat intrigued by the NBA season this year. You broke up. Uh, I have a little bit of what did you say? I have like intriguement in the NBA season this year. Yeah, because um, it's a little bit more wide open. Right. It's not like okay, we're gonna watch the Lakers and Warriors battle it. I feel like I feel like New Orleans could surprise teams. I feel like the Clippers are gonna be fun to watch. Like Houston should be a lot of fun to watch. You know, the Knicks are young, so let's see what happens. Same story another year for the Knicks. They're super young with a lot of talent on the team. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks is. Can guys like Knox and Barrett and a couple of other players grow? Um, if either of them show their ceiling in their first year in Barrett and the Knox, not going to take crap from anybody but the talent's still not there yet so they they are what they are but they'll definitely hopefully be watchable we 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 haven't been able to watch the knicks that's how painfully bad they've been there's gonna be nights where you're gonna be sitting on the couch you're gonna see on twitter that it's a close game here i'll put on that's what's intriguing yes yes exactly or a random night, there's no hockey, the, there's no other college game or NBA game. You're like, all right, hey, Knicks, are, Knicks it is. Let's 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 um, let's see what happens. Because obviously we're going to be watching a little bit more net games, obviously, the next couple of years if the Knicks don't start winning. Not because we're going to root for the Nets. It's just that thing. Like, they're more enjoyable to watch. It's just facts. You're right. Obviously, um, we're still going to be Nick. It does stink with no KD for them, but and Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving, so it's going to be interesting to see with how the Nets do with the rebuild, how quickly they were. They were a playoff team last year. They got come key pieces. They still have a lot of players that we, we like. So but, and let's face facts. Let's face facts. As great as D'Angelo Russell was. Kyrie's a thousand times better. better. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. There is no question that he's a thousand times better. Yeah, just as long as Kyrie stays on the straight and narrow and not become drama like he did with the Celtics last year. Well, this this is the year he's going to have to be him. The guy. Yeah, without KD. They already said he's he's not coming back this season. Yep. And hopefully they stick to that. They, They can't be dumb and rush them back. Even they said the right. How that that happened? Listen, I. It's gonna be intriguing coming playoff time. In April and oh, Katie's feeling a little bit better. Right, it's gonna no, be very it, intriguing it, it, there. Just don't. It's just just let him heal. If if you want signing KD to be successful, you're willing to sacrifice that first round loss to Philly. Again, to have yep. him fully healthy next year. Exactly. You get the little taste in your mouth, and let's go. We got KD. We got Kyrie, hopefully healthy. That's another thing that scares me about Kyrie. Listen, this, could be, another... this could be the year that they, they botch it if they want to. 
Yeah, Kyrie's another knee injury. I hate to say it. Kyrie's another knee injury your way. He's already had a couple the last couple years. Right. But again, this is that year that if, you know, Kyrie goes down a little bit, is nicked up a little bit, if they're not 100%, this is the year they can suffer (laughs) to go on for next year. Because next year is going to be their year. Mm -hmm. Philly's going to start losing guys next year. Boston's, you know, going to lose the rest of their guys next year. So, behind those two, there's really... Toronto, who knows what they're going to be, you know? Yeah, no, the East is wide open. East is very wide open. And and the West should be interesting to see because the Warriors are not the Warriors, unfortunately, this year because um, Clay's going to be out for a bit. Um it, they still have the firepower, so I would assume they will be key contributors to the Western Conference. Obviously, people forget. I actually forgot because, like, the NBA. Long. The NBA what? Fuck, man. <laughs> if the Rockets just have a – just imagine that team. Look, you 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 transfer Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook? You, you kidding you me? You got you got Chris Paul and ten years ago. And we forgot. We also forgot that uh, Demo Kupo, the Greek freak. Let's see what the Milwaukee does on the Eastern Conference as well. So. Right, we keep forgetting the Eastern Conference with Milwaukee. But again, it'll be all very interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Plug away, my friend. So, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all social media, SNDblog.com. Uh, Jay's Week of Wrestling, we got a lot um, of cool things coming out. Your cousin. Yeah, my cousins. Yeah, the Poppers, uh, Poppers Pit. He had a very good video today. Joe, uh, so check that out. It was really funny. Like, he opened up a mystery. It looked like that. Um, yeah. And uh, go Giants and enjoy the rest of the play- – Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Yankees with the playoffs. Um the Yankees are going to be the Yankees. It's going to be an interesting matchup with the Twins. And it's going to be a home run derby. So it's going to be interesting whose bullpen is going to show up at the end of the games. 100%. Should be fun. Um, Justin Verlander decided to go to the youth the Fountain of Youth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that Houston team. Everybody knew it, too, like five, six years ago. Yeah. Everybody knew they were oh, going to yeah, go on a run. So, of course. They tanked for that long. <laughs> With that being said, everybody have a good evening. Good night. Shot, 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 shot.